0: And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today?
1: Well, Lloyd, our show today is about social media marketing. And we're all learning that that is the place to be But of course, there are some dangers in social media marketing. There's a lot of privacy issues, but it is the place that people are not only doing marketing of their business and marketing of their their personal selves um, and, you know, for all sorts of reasons, but it is just a a way to connect. And we're connecting at a a level that we've never connected before, at least in my lifetime or before. So we have a, a wonderful expert on that with us today. Let me tell you about Debbie Lasky, who is an MBA. She has 15 years of marketing experience, and she's developed her diverse marketing expertise while working in a variety of industries, including the high-tech industry, the consumer marketing department at Disneyland in Paris, France. That must have been fun. The nonprofit arena and the insurance industry. And currently, Debbie is a brand marketing and social media consultant to small businesses, startups, and nonprofits right here in Southern California. And she's been recognized as a woman making a difference by the Los Angeles Business Journal. And also, she served as a mentor for the Strategic Technology Program sponsored by the California Telemedicine and eHealth Center. Now, since two thousand and two. Debbie has served as a judge for the Web Marketing Association's annual Web Award competition. So this is really her expertise. You can find out more about her at marketingandmore.net as well as KUCI.org slash privacypiracy where you can see her photo, her bio, and of course we also link to this marketingandmore.net. Dot net, So that would be a great thing to go to. So, Debbie, thank you so much for joining us. This should be fun. Thank you so
0: much for having me. I'm, I'm thrilled and honored to be a part of, of this conversation.
1: Now, Debbie, uh, we know that social marketing is everywhere. So how effective is it?
0: Well, again, there, there are so many people that are talking about social media. I mean, from the 800 million that are on Facebook to the, the 40 million on Google+. Plus, to LinkedIn, Twitter, um, YouTube, it seems like the place to be. And yet even though that's that's the buzz within the media, um, there's still, you know, questions on ROI, there's still questions on, you know, from CEOs all the way down to, to the worker bees within marketing, you know, how effective is is social media, what what are the ramifications? How what are the what are the exciting things that can be done? And and from you know several Several different campaigns from the Ford um, warriors that um, promoting um, breast cancer awareness to other campaigns. Uh, IKEA had one that on YouTube and, and Facebook you could cr- create your entire furniture uh, design for different rooms. Um, the, the sky's the limit in what companies can do but the question is you know how, how hardworking do companies want to be with their ROI?
1: Yes. So let's talk about some of the benefits for small companies and medium sized companies and large companies. We, you know, we're sitting on the campus of the University of California, in Irvine, and a lot of businesses are in this area throughout Newport Beach and Irvine. And so they they may be wondering, you know, what what are some of the great benefits that we can get out of this? Is it worth it if we've already got a website?
0: Well, certainly, um, sharing news and updates about about what happens within a company. Um, building a, a corporate brand, um, doing some competitive research, um, creating the buzz about new product launches or services, um, and connecting and communicating. And also, uh, really the key is creating that conversation, the dialogue. Um, previous uh, types of marketing were basically one way. Companies would, would send direct mail. They would um, you know, basically say, buy this product, or we've got the greatest product or service. Well, with social media now, there's this two-way dialogue, and it allows for customers to, if there's a problem with, with customer service or if they buy a product and there's a problem, they can immediately, with the click of a mouse, get that information to a customer support center. Um, Best Buy is, is widely known for having that attention, you know, quick, quick response on their Twitter accounts. Um, some people who travel a lot by, with airlines, if, if they're sitting on a plane for a long period of time, they're tweeting. Why am I sitting here on this plane? Why are we not being let off?
1: Right, right. So when we talk about the the benefits, there's also the the burdens and the negatives. So, you know what I was thinking of yesterday, I was on and I won't say what credit card company. I was on their website, but then I ended up on this, I don't know, it wasn't really social networking, but it was kind of like a blogish type of thing, and they were doing the interactive with their customers like what you know, which basically is social media, right? And um, I was looking to, to perhaps get a new credit card. And so they had, you know, look below to see what people are saying about this card. And I have to tell you, the first five entries were very negative. And I thought, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And this is on this, this, you know, social media here about this, Credit card, and I thought, gee, is somebody not watching, or are they just really being First Amendment rights? Or
0: well, and those, those—I mean, that's a, a key negative of social media. I mean, the damage to a brand, negative PR. Um, you may recall a while back there was the um, Chrysler social media um, big brouhaha that um, a third-party company—they um, actually outsourced their social media and somebody tweeted something that was totally inappropriate, and the company was fired. Chrysler decided, you know what, we're going to have to bring this in-house or we're going to have to find somebody else, but we can't have somebody, you know, making comments that are not, quote-unquote, in our voice and certainly not approved. And the other campaign that people may remember, or the the big brouhaha, was with the Affleck Duck. Um, The person who was the voice, the celebrity who was the voice of the Affleck Duck, decided to tweet something on his own Twitter account and it was totally inappropriate and and he was fired and there was a whole national search for a replacement duck voice but and that was done through social media and people submitted their 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 tapes through YouTube but it goes back to that core i mean yes there are positives but the negatives need to be dealt with and people need to have um you know plans to to take action
1: and you know i i was at a privacy conference recently uh, and it was it was a small group. It was about, you know, a hundred of us talking about social media. And it was a lot of privacy officers and talking about setting up the social media for all their employees because they know their employees. That's how they communicate. The younger generation, obviously, the newer employees are doing that. And so we were talking about, you know, what do you do to make sure that your employees are not ruining your brand. <laughs> right, and that's,
0: that's absolutely critical because companies need to have social media policies in place. They need to be the same as, uh, you know, have the same importance as, as other types of policies and procedures. And whether that includes, you know, these are the appropriate things that people can actually post, um, to actually having social media committees so that not every employee is actually the voice of the company. Um, you know, some people would prefer to have their own individual accounts, but they should also be required to say I, the, the, the tweets or the comments are individual and not those of my employer.
1: Right. But still, people are still going to believe that you're, you are an insider and you know about these things, and it's going to hurt the brand if they say something negative.
0: Right, and that's where companies really need to step in, and they need to have their marketing departments involved. Um, they also need to have support from top management that you know, these are serious components of the, marketing, the overall marketing plan. And, and that's one of the things that I, that I tell my clients and, and people that I work with, that the social media plan cannot stand alone. It has to be an inclusive part of the overall marketing plan so that the, the comments, the, the theming, is all, cons- all of that is consistent with the overall annual marketing plan.
1: Right. And so, you know, a lot of that has to do with privacy issues, too, because what someone says about someone else, or, you know, may hurt someone. For example, I was thinking about, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, when he was really sick, he didn't want that out there too much. Right. And, um, you know, there that was really there were always those rumors about him. And that obviously affects not only the brand, but it affects the stock <laughs> Absolutely. and and the board. So, you know, there's just so many ramifications of that. So let's talk about the some of the privacy issues. Like some companies implement marketing initiatives and they gather customer, prospective customer information without plans or procedures to adequately protect that data. So what can companies, you know, I'm thinking of our companies that are driving by right now, what are some things that companies can do to improve their marketing data gathering efforts, while at the same time protecting the privacy and the in the data that they're obtaining?
0: Right, it's and it's and it's really critical. <clears throat> Excuse me, I know that you know companies think, oh, their database is their gold, and you know they treat it with their arms around it, and best, you know, correct that they should. But whether it's a nonprofit with their donor base or a uh, a company that is B two B. That you know has prospects as well as existing customers in that database. Um, you know, obviously, the more information, the best, the better way um, that that information is is housed um, is best for everybody. So certainly, companies need to have firewalls in place to protect their data. Um, they really should have privacy policies clearly stated on their websites. Um, they also maybe should have a usage policy to state how the data will be stored and and used and gathered. And the other thing is that companies really need to see how do they want to obtain that information. Are they just sent, creating forms on their website, um, you know, easily that, with asterisks on, on all the required fields, um, or are they just, you know, and where does that go? Are there um, encrypted pages where that information will go, or is this just information that's sitting out there on the Internet?
1: Right. So in terms of policies, when, and I don't mean that necessarily their privacy policy, but their their social media policy, which we were talking about a few minutes ago, what are some key elements of having a social media policy for those companies right now that are driving by? And of course, we have a business school here, the Paul Mirage Business School. So if if people are listening into that, what are some like, give me two or three key elements of their social media policy that makes that are best pa- practices.
0: Well, I think certainly knowing um, who the audience would be, who would be viewing wall posts or tweets. Um, you know, some companies may create these particular social media avenues specifically for, for targeted audiences. Um, it might just be just customers or, or new customers or just prospects. Um, you know, obviously the, the Dell... Um, Twitter account that we talked about in terms of customer service, they are going under the premise that these are all current customers, they've all purchased something, and they're going to be in touch because they've got questions. Um, and a recent, um, recently people will remember Blackberries um, being down, and everybody was tweeting something, you know, why? why is the service down, what do we do, when will it be back up. And so certainly, you know, putting things on there along the lines of, oh, new product launches as well, for existing customers, they're going to appreciate that and take advantage of that information. Um, Certainly, um, looking at the specific sites, some companies may be more appropriate um, to use, let's say, YouTube for videos. Now, while we know um, a number of people, in fact, I think the latest statistic is 3 billion videos are viewed every day on YouTube, (laughs) an awful lot. Um, But some companies may be, you know, YouTube might be more appropriate for some companies rather than others. So, for example, um, you know, maybe an insurance company is not the right fit for YouTube, but a nonprofit that has a lot of uh, fundraising events and events in the community would be more appropriate to be posting on YouTube. So I think it's also important to look at the specific sites and what makes them unique and certainly not share the same type of information on each site um, from LinkedIn to Twitter to Facebook because each site has a different purpose and a different audience. LinkedIn is much more professional in scope than Facebook, which is supposed to be more anything
1: right, um, right. from
0: friends to family to, to perhaps some business use. Um, Twitter, you know, it's really the whole gamut because people use it for all different types of things. Um, but Google+, which is much more recent and, and steadily um, getting more and more uh, buzz and followers, and recently it was open to having more businesses participate um, with brand pages, but this, the, the jury's still out. I mean, how how do companies want to use Google+, Plus and how does that fit with, again, their overall social media strategy and their overall marketing strategy?
1: You know, I just really wonder, Debbie, you know, for, for me, and I, I have Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and, and I think that it is just overwhelming for small and medium yeah. businesses because you almost need a full-time person to do that.
0: Absolutely. And, and that's one of the comments that appears, you know, weekly on, on various blogs because people will talk about, well, what is a typical day for a quote-unquote community manager or social media manager? And literally it can take a whole day's work because if you really want to keep up with What's happening? And, and again, this is for companies that you know have a lot of dialogue with their customers or prospects, and maybe they have new product launches. So you add all of that to the mix, and now you've got four or five websites that you've got to basically keep track of, and you know it's no wonder that people aren't posting inappropriate things or having typos, you know, uh, you know, up and down. Um, because people need to be quick with their responses, but they also need to reread them and proof them, and, and make sure that they're accurate. And, and if they're including links to other pages on the web, they need to make sure that those are live links. And it, you know, it's, it can definitely be consuming.
1: It, it is. I can I can tell you that for me to try and keep up, and even though I have someone that helps me with it, I find it really overwhelming. And and even though I can delegate some things, like I'll say, you know, put up this article I wrote, or put up these pictures. Um, when it comes to really interacting with clients and colleagues, you know, they can't do that for me. I have to do it because they don't know them. So that becomes, uh, you know, several hours of your week just to even respond and keep up with all of these different connections. And if you don't, then you look like you're being rude. Or that
0: you're kind of ignoring the, the social media world. But the other thing to keep in mind is the voice. And, I mean, it goes back to blogs and, and the value and importance of blogs, but also all the other social media sites. Whose voice do you want to be using? And from an individual perspective, clearly, you know, you're talking to your friends, you're talking to your family, you're talking to business associates. You want to be in your voice and in, true in your voice. And from a company standpoint, you want to make sure that how you are sharing the company's thoughts, you know, is consistent and, and very, very calm and something that, you know, basically won't upset anyone.
1: Right, right. But, you know, I wonder how social media is really making us less of connecting with real human people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, I try for myself, and I'm just... Being really genuine with you is that, you know, I feel in some ways when we're doing all this online social media and I try and be really genuine, wishing a happy birthday, doing all these fun things um, that it 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 actually impedes my picking up the phone sometimes to do these things. Same thing with email. I, I really wonder about the value of the interconnectedness on one hand, I can connect with kids that were exchange students with me years ago from Denmark and I love that because it's cheaper than calling. But on the other hand, aren't we l- really losing some real other kind of connection or what are your thoughts since well, this is your expertise? It's, it's a
0: wonderful, wonderful thought because um, I can see both ways, but the other thing is to, um, you know, the world is getting smaller, but with technology we are given such a wonderful opportunity and that opportunity is to be able to meet people we never would have been able to meet in person. Um, I've made such amazing connections through social media, and, I mean, you're one of them, and, (laughs) you know, would never have had this option to meet people in Africa and in Europe and in South America and in Canada. Um, Just absolutely amazing that, you know, I can travel to these places thanks to social media.
1: Yes, yes. And, uh, And, of course, we can use Skype, so we can even talk face to face, even if they're in another part of the world, which is fantastic. So there are all of these incredible benefits, but I also think there are some losses about that real connectedness that, you know, the, 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 the real hugging, the real touching, right. the real all these things. So, you know, it's, it's just a, it's this, it's, it's a transformation right now. We're going through this transformation stage.
0: Well, I think if people can actually, you know, spend, they, they look at their their time amounts that they have and then place the time appropriately and, and not try and lose that connection of using the phone, using email, and meeting people in person.
1: Right, right.
0: Everything in moderation.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then you need, instead of a 24-hour day, you need at least a 48-hour day. I, Absolutely. Yeah. I will
0: request the same.
1: <laughs> so... Let me just introduce you again, real quick, for our audience. We are speaking with an MBA who has a master's. Well, she has an MBA, but she's also a real masterful woman in social Thank media. You. And we are speaking with Debbie Lasky, and her website is marketingandmore.net. And of course, you can see more about her at kuci.org/privacypiracy as well. So let's, um, let's talk about protecting your online privacy. Can you give me some, some tips for my, for my audience right here on uh, the, how do you really pre- control your online privacy when you're creating or updating social media profiles?
0: Well, I, I definitely would say don't, don't use a child's photo or a celebration photo from a wedding or other group shot as a profile photo. Um, I wouldn't include an address. Um, a real birth date. Um, You know, these things are personally identifiable information components, and you just want to protect that really important information when you're interacting and participating in social media.
1: Right. So if you put your birthday, at least at the very least, don't put the year. Correct. (laughs) You know, I mean, because I I, kind of get a kick out of being able to say happy birthday. I just did a bunch, you know, I get these little emails Oh, your Facebook, there are 10 people that have a birthday this month, you want to go and say happy birthday. And, and, you know, I, I enjoy that. Okay. I enjoy being able to say happy birthday, but I don't, I don't need to know the year. Right. So, um, so what are, what are some reminders to consider also before posting things besides just the, you know, we were talking about the, you talked about a couple of other things, but what are some other reminders to consider before you're posting something. Some people, like you were talking about before, Debbie, that they're in such a hurry because they got so many to do. Um, What about that?
0: Well, there's a a quote that says, basically, don't say anything or post anything to your profile that you would not want any stranger to know. But take it one step further. Don't post anything that you wouldn't want your boss or your grandmother to read. Right, right. Um, Obviously, take advantage of privacy settings and lock down, you know, parts of the profile or certain postings that you only want certain people to see and, and use the grouping mechanisms, both in Facebook and, and in Google+. Plus. You know, I mean, there are circles in Google+, Plus, but, you know, pick your groups and, and think that through. Don't just post, you know, willy-nilly. And, um, you know, don't post photos of being at the beach or something like that when you basically told your employer you, you're
1: homesick. <laughs> right. Although I did something the other day that I, I've never put up anything personal, but I did put up a picture of me and this horse <laughs> <laughs> in uh, Cabo San Lucas. This horse was laughing, oh, and I and he's got and I'm laughing, so that we have like the same face. His teeth <laughs> actually look better, and I just thought it it was such a funny shot, shot that when we're on vacation that I actually put it up there. I usually don't do that, but I actually put it up there and I said horsing around in Cabo. I just thought it was, I had to do that. that. sounds so, great. Yeah. So some of those things you can do, which are, which are fun. What is the golden rule of social media?
0: Well, I think moderation is, is certainly one golden rule. And I think, you know, really taking the time to, to think before hitting post or click or enter or whatever the final, you know, some, some, Systems out there say, "Well, are you sure you want to delete, or are you sure you want to, uh, you know, um, get rid of this software?" But are you sure that this is the post you want to make?
1: Right. It reminds me of that that old saying: when there's a fire or something, it says, "Stop, think, and roll." Right. <laughs> this is stop, think. And I don't know what the third one should be. Stop, think, and think, think again.
0: And <laughs> yeah. then click post.
1: Right, right, right. Stop, think, and think again. And maybe even think again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so who should handle a company's social marketing?
0: Well, depending on the size of the company, if there is a marketing department, it should be the marketing department. Usually IT departments will say, hey, wait a minute, and they'll raise their hand, and they'll say, what about us? Um, but the, the ideal scenario is really when you've got multiple departments within a company participating, and that's why I like the idea of a social media committee, because somebody from each department can, can sit in, they can, you know, have conversations, whether it's monthly or maybe quarterly, depending on what the needs and the size of the company are. But, you know, there are certain interactions that will happen with one department, and those conversations may never, may never roll over into the marketing department or arena, and, you know, with emails going back and forth and with everyone getting hundreds of emails a day, sending something by email may just get lost in the clutter. But I like the idea of really an aligned and, and collaborative uh, group of folks, you know, that basically understand everything about what's going on in the company and they participate and it makes the social media posts that much more interesting.
1: It makes, it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, in terms of who should be on that committee, if you have in-house attorney, that would be a person to be there. if you if you have an outside attorney that you use, you should probably bring them into the collaborative lunch that you're doing. Absolutely <laughs> because they you know you may think, oh, this is a great idea from the marketing perspective and then find out that it's illegal for you to do that. Um, and then maybe you know even the top people, like maybe if you have a small company, the president or the CEO, should right. probably be part of it, right? And
0: depending on the size, again, it's really important that you have support from the top leadership level,
1: right? Because if you don't, then no one's, no one else is going to care about it, right? Yeah, yeah. We only have a little bit time of time left. Um, what are what are some of the online references that you can just give us to stay up to date on the latest news on social media? Just you could give us a few of those before we go.
0: Well, sure. There, there's the Pew Internet Blog. Um, And that's
1: Um, P-E-W. Correct.
0: Um, There's digital uh, marketing insight for CMOs, and that's www.cmo.com. There's uh, the Electronic Privacy Information Center, which I'm sure you know quite a bit about, epic.org slash privacy. Um, There are lots of different um, sites out there. I mean, obviously, if you Google social media and blogs, um, there's Michael Stelzner's, um, Social media examiner, and certainly, um, uh, let's see some of the others. Um, I would I would suggest kind of going on on Facebook and looking at some of their marketing groups as well. Yeah, and, and also Mashable. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, and if you I don't know if you have a, a copy of that list or some some resources on your website at um, you know at, at your website that would be great too, so people can also go to marketingandmore.net. dot net. Sure. So, so we thank you so much, Debbie. It's great to talk to you. and
0: great speaking with you as well.
1: And we will definitely have to have you back again. And so you tell us all the new stuff that's coming out and we'll do it. Thank you so much. Okay, Debbie, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, host of Privacy Piracy. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. And visit our website at KUCI.org privacypiracy. See our upcoming guests, download podcasts, listen to archived interviews, and write us emails about what's important to you in the information age. Thanks. Stay private.
0: The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.